Hello and welcome to The Signal Podcast. My name is Adam Lenson and I'm a director and producer based in London, England that is specifically devoted to developing and platforming new musical theatre. I am really interested in both people who say that they love musicals and people that say that they hate musicals. And I get most excited by showing people the sheer range of possibilities that the medium holds. People often think that musical theatre can only be one thing. They hear the word musical and they think they know exactly what that'll be. But musicals are just the combination of music and story. And that music can sound like anything. And those stories can be anything. So musical theatre doesn't have to be what we initially presume. Through my work, I seek to nurture and develop musicals and work with writers who challenge traditional notions of what musicals look like, sound like, or are about. And in so doing, I look to be part of a scene that makes musical theatre for all types of people. Two years ago, at the end of 2017, I began producing a concert series called Signal at the H Club in London with the hope of showing the sheer range of musical styles and stories that could be told, as well as the extraordinary virtuosity and talents of the career musical theatre artists making work. The concert brought together world premieres of songs that were artist-driven and combined them with a house band. Each concert, a curated group of artists were given the opportunity to present a song from the project they were working on at the moment. And there were three rules. One, the song is from a show that is still being worked on and so the paint is still creatively wet. Two, it has to be artist-driven work for which the writers have not been given permission or suggestion to write by anyone else. And three, we're particularly interested in work that is formally audacious and feels comfortable using musical genres and sound worlds not typically found in musicals. The event was called Signal because of the phrase signal-to-noise ratio, which is a measure of how much useful information there is in the system compared to how much non-useful information there is. So, for example, on a radio, when you turn the dial to ensure that there is more of the channel that you want and less of the static, that's signal-to-noise ratio. And that was the intention of this concert, to create more high-quality musical theatre and less noise. And the idea was that if we brought together incredible talented artists and allowed them time and space to platform ideas that were artist driven, that because those ideas were cared for by them and because they were devoted to and interested in making those shows, the feeling we had was that the quality of the evening would be higher. We celebrated our second birthday party a couple of weeks ago with Signal 8. And I realised that we'd presented over 100 world premieres from 60 musicals, working with 70 artists, songwriters, lyricists, composers, book writers. And while the videos of all of these songs are on YouTube, we felt like it would be great to dig through the Signal Vault and present and curate songs from Signal with stories, context, behind-the-scenes information, as well as updates about the shows and the writers, where they were then, and where they are now. So probably time to stop talking and kick off. Each episode is going to contain four live recordings of songs from Signal Concerts past. And the first of those is going to be from Signal 3 and the show Touring by Darren Clark and Rhys Jennings. Turing is a show about the famous British mathematician Alan Turing, who is perhaps most famous for solving the Enigma code that helped win the war. Turing is also the first show that my production company ALP has commissioned, so it's kind of a special one for us. 
Signal 3 was the first time that Darren and Reese wrote a world premiere song specifically for Signal, and they also brought along Olivier Award winner Rebecca Traherne to sing it. All of which made me think it would be a good way to kick us off. So I'm going to take you now to the H Club London on the 6th of July, 2018. Hello, uh, I'm Reese Jennings, and uh, my composer lyricist friend over here is Darren Clark. And together we have decided to write a show about a mathematician, a code breaker, uh, and a computer scientist. Uh, and that's going to be very fun. Um, Rebecca Traherne is here to sing it for us. This is very new. This is a, um, a character called Joan Clark, who um, had a very brief engagement to Alan Turing, which as some of you know, he was a homosexual in a time where that was um, And so this is a very interesting relationship. Um, but yeah, this is Joan's song, Peace in the Puzzle. <laughs> History. A tomboy on her father's knee, a quiet girl with a cryptographic brain. While other girls took different roads, I was lost in ciphers, cracking codes. I always had a puzzle on my mind. Just because the quiet rarely. Do not confuse the quiet with the weak. The waves are in vibration before we hear the sound. It's in the finding that I have found. Oh, I find peace in the puzzle, a calm within the storm of discovery. I find peace in the puzzle. Oh, I find peace in the puzzle. The twists and turns in the middle of the maze is where I would spend my days. Mm. The contradiction started Up 
That was Peace in the Puzzle from Signal 3. On the keys, Noam Galperin. On guitar, Curtis Volp. On bass, Dan Giles. And on drums, Nathan Gregory. Darren Clark also playing guitar. So that song was recorded nearly a year and a half ago. It's now December 2019. And I asked composer and lyricist Darren Clark if he would tell us a little bit about what Signal has meant to him and the process of writing that particular song. So he sent me a voice memo, and here he is. For me, like, Signal has been uh, a wonderful catalyst, uh, making me write, for a start, because you know you're going to have a wonderful audience. You also know you're going to have a wonderful band, and you're going to have wonderful performers, and so you better write something that's good. Um, and, you know, you start off with, a, with an idea, and then... Uh, you're forced to go like, no, I need to make this better. I need to make this better because of all of the other brilliant people who will be there performing their brilliant stuff, who will all be working hard on their stuff. It's not competitive. Nothing is compared to any, anything else in Signal. That's what's wonderful about it. But it's also extremely competitive in that uh, it makes you want to work harder and makes you want to want your work to be better. So it's competitive in the best sense. You're always very proud and excited when you see one of your mates write an awesome song and it's, it's uh, performed wonderfully. Um, but it also makes you go, that's what I want to do. I want to make sure that my stuff is like that, as good as that. Not the same, but the high quality of work. Um, so with Signal, we've had, I think... We've written four or five songs specifically for Signal events. 
Um, and I can almost guarantee saying that none of those songs would have ever seen the light of day had it not been for the motivation of actually having something uh, coming up that, that is going to be performed um, and is going to be filmed. I mean, what a wonderful resource that it's, that it's filmed and now these podcasts as well. It's a wonderful way of making people aware that there are new writers out there. That it's not just Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's not just um, the Cameron Macintosh juggernauts. It's, uh, there's a new generation and uh, we want to do something different. So yes, that's what Signal means to me at the moment. Uh, and that song in particular uh, is quite a personal one, I, I guess, in a way, in that it reflects my own experience of what it's like to solve a problem, um, what it feels like. Uh, and I think that I feel like that's a universal feeling, the feeling of, of peace and euphoria that you get when you are there in the moment, not necessarily the actual solving of the puzzle or the completed thing, but the, f the process of solving it. That's what I love. And I think that's what cryptographers love. That's what Turing loved. That's what Joan Clark loved. Um, and while it's wonderful to finish something, as soon as you finished it, you're looking for the next thing to do. That was Darren Clark. And I also want to take this chance to shout out his amazing blog, which offers an incredible insight into the life and working practices of a career musical theatre artist based in London. And I will post a link to that in the show notes. For our second song, I'm really pleased to be presenting one by Stu Barter and Amber Sue. This is from Signal 6, which was in June 2019. And I always want to present songs from this show because they don't sound anything like what people presume musical theatre songs sound like. And the show is certainly not about anything that you might presume a musical would be about. The show, Natural Born Nobodies, concerns itself with the motivations and reasons behind school shootings and asks the question, would you rather be remembered for doing something awful than totally forgotten? It's obviously a very dark premise and it's a dark show, but I think it speaks to our times. And I've always loved the way the genre of the music that it uses and the complexity of the ideas it looks to engage with are so innovative and different compared to a lot of other musicals you may have heard up until this point. So, taking you now to June 2019 and the H Club London. Here are Stu Barter and Amber Sue. So, hi everyone. Uh, my name is Stu. Uh, I wrote the music you're about to hear. And my name's Amber. I wrote the uh, book and lyrics of what you're about to hear. Um, and this is from a musical that we've been working on for about a year now uh, on a subject matter that... I think we've always sort of found it hard to talk about, uh, but it was something that we felt we really wanted to explore. Um, but we're going to leave it at that because we've done the scene and a bit of a scene before the song, so I think... So we don't have to talk, basically. <laughs> Enjoy. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Hello. Uh, my name is Brenda. Um, good, Brenda. Uh, I, I know you're all expecting, you know, a show right now, but they're all up in arms outside saying, uh, how do you put on a show like this about children, about the things we do to one another? And I guess, well, nobody had an answer. 
which is a shame, you know, seeing as they had everything set up and, and that. Uh, you see, well, this here was supposed to be my house. There's the sofa I used to sit on, and there's the table that I used to eat at, and over there is the television, and right there is the window. It looks straight on to Grover Cleveland Elementary, right on to the gates where the children used to gather each morning and wait for the principal to open up. I used to be one of those children, but, you know, that was almost 50 years ago. Um, uh, I forgot to mention, I'm, I'm a ghost, uh, but, but a good one, the, the good ghost of Brenda Ann Spencer. Yeah, it, you may not remember your good ghosts, but every child is born with one. And most of us just get, you know, left behind one way or another. Uh, look, there's my bed. That's where I used to pray every night before going to sleep. Sometimes in, in secret because my father, you know, well, he would sleep there too. Till I realized it didn't matter how I prayed. He never could hear what I was praying for. So, But still, I did pray a lot. And um, not just for myself, but for everything and anything I saw. Uh, in fact, I won a prize once from the Humane Society of America. It was for a photo I took. Uh, I don't know if you can see it from, from where you are, but I hope you can imagine the humanity in it. And uh, uh, well, over there, that's my gun. But don't worry, it's not loaded. Uh, you'll have to use your imaginations again to see the bullets. Uh, but you got to be quick. You wouldn't want to believe how fast a round goes in a gun like that. I know because I went through 36 of them the day that I stuck that gun through that window and opened fire on those gates. But that was almost 50 years ago. That m might be harder for you to imagine because, well, no one ever imagines a school shooter could be a girl. But you know what? I was the very first school shooter that there ever was. I mean, 16-year-old Brenda Ann Spencer was. Um, I'm just the good ghost of Brenda. But well, th that doesn't mean that she isn't still a part of me. Uh, so I guess that's why I was just hoping that the show would go on, you know? We all do. Oh, hey, good Dylan. <laughs> hey, well, go on. They want a show, don't they? Give them what they want, then. We'll do it with you. Over there's your band, and look, here comes your chorus now. <clears throat> good Jalen, good Luke, good Cho. See? There'll be more, too, later, I'm sure. I don't know. I was never any good at shows. I, I wouldn't even know what to say. I know what we ought to say. Good, Eric. Come on. You promised me this time. Go on, good Brenda. We're listening. Well, I don't know how to begin, so just start anywhere. An angel once told me, if you're not sure how to say something, then just sing it. And the rest of us will just have to use our imagination. All right, then. Yeah. I guess if you could imagine that I was once a 16-year-old girl and that this was one of my songs. Does it matter if any of us were ever good? Does it matter if we were ever kind? Or somewhere in our childhood, some of us were left behind. Does it matter if I asked for a radio and all I got was a gun? Or how many rounds I shot in the dark just to see if I could find someone? Besides this lonely, sad, bad little girl, this witch of a devil's curse, with a mouth full of sorrow, a tongue full of blame, and a punish of damning words. 
did it cause I was angry I did it cause I was sad I did it because I knew what I knew I did it cause I was mad Does it matter that my mother was never around And my father slept right there Does it matter if everyone knew in the end Does it matter that no one cared I shot a window of a school To that field of broken glass Just to see if I would wake Does it matter that they'd already caught me once And they knew just what I did Does it matter they left me go in the end With nowhere to go back to but him I did it cause I was lonely I did it cause I was sad I did it because I knew performed by the incredible Charlotte Forster, Rebecca Bailey and Wallace Hamilton Felton. Tamara Saringer is on piano, Curtis Volpe on guitar, Hugh Richardson on bass and Martin Newbury on drums and that is performed live in conjunction with a click track made and produced by Stu Barter. So now it's time to take you right back to the beginning and signal one in December 2017. The next writers are the only pair to have written work for all eight Signal concerts produced to date. And when I asked them to first take part in Signal 1, they brought a brand new idea and have decided to develop it through Signal. So far, seven of the songs they presented have been world premiere songs from this work. And it seemed only right that I'd take you back to the first Signal and the first song from that show by the ingenious Luke Bateman and Michael Connolly. Here, in December 2019, to tell you about those first days and the show, is Michael Connolly. I have a horrible memory, so uh, I went through my emails, and the first mention of the Fox sisters I found was late 2016, so I can, uh, I can only assume that they were my way to process the decline of truth in our society. 
Anyway, the uh, next mention was when Luke and I were trying to figure out what the hell to do for Signal 1 in 2017. Uh, since we like to do cheap and cheerful slash cynical, I figured a three-hander for three women would be a good idea. The, the first song we wrote, If They Believe It, was, I, I guess, in response to the whole Russian meddling Roy Moore debacle as, as I watched how... Um, you know, how desperately people cling to what they think is right, no matter how wrong it is. So we presented this song as Kate Fox singing to Maggie Fox as a kind of um, motivational speech, I guess, to keep their careers afloat. Uh, Now, two significant things happened that shaped the evolution of the piece. One, the uh, If They Believe It, If They Believe It, became the uh, leitmotif uh, that we would use to keep us grounded as we worked on the piece sporadically. And the second thing uh, is that this was my first performance in front of an actual audience in about 10 years. And I mention that um, as it helps explain why the piece became a one-woman show. I'm not sure if the writing process had been different, that it would have retained its cast of three, or if this is what it was always meant to be. Uh, but the end result is that Kate became such a larger-than-life character uh, that she didn't want anyone else on stage with her. Sorry, I'm only Michael Conley. Uh, Luke Bateman is here somewhere. Uh, uh, this is uh, from a musical we are apparently writing, um, inspired by our current era of approximate truth. Uh, <laughs> The Fabulous Fox Sisters tells the story of Leah, Kate, and Maggie Fox, who, when in 19, or sorry, 1848, uh, they pretended to communicate with spirits, uh, inadvertently invented a religion. <laughs> True story. After a few years, the sisters grew apart, and Maggie wanted to admit to the fraud that they had perpetuated. Uh, in this song, Kate tries to convince her to keep up with the charade. Anyone who's ever looked up knows there's no one there. They don't seem to care that they're unaware. So some little lie we cooked up, they mistook for fact. We are still intact. Don't break up the act if they believe it, if that's why they came. If they believe it, then we are not to blame. Why do you say that we should be? They believe it. If they believe it, and let's say they do. If they believe it, then isn't it true? imagination gone a bit berserk they do all the work piety's the perk piety's the destination of this road we take and for heaven's sake everything is fake if 
they believe it, we're gonna be fine. If they believe it, we're good as divine. No, no, though, to them we would be. That was, of course, Michael Connolly singing with Tamara Saringer on keys, Curtis Volp on guitar, Dave Rice on bass, and Alessandro Lombardo on the drums. Our final song of episode one is by two writers who I was lucky enough to meet just as they were graduating from university. Their first show went from the Edinburgh Fringe to the West End in just one year, and next year opens on Broadway. That show is, of course, Six, a piece about the six wives of Henry VIII, by the astonishingly talented Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss. I struck up a conversation with them when I saw the show in October 2017 at Cambridge University, and I asked them if they wanted to be part of Signal, and they said yes. To this date, they've taken part in Signal's 1, 2, 3, 6 and 8, and so have presented five world premiere songs. This next song is a particularly special one, as it's the first one ever presented from the show they're writing following six. It is a currently untitled show, and they travelled up from a writer's retreat they'd been on specifically to perform this song, which they'd only just finished writing. An hour before the show started, Toby sent over the chord sheets for me to print out. He then sat down with the band for 15 minutes to talk them through the song, and not long later, an audience was hearing its world premiere. Hello, um, um, I'm Toby, this is Lucy. Hi. <laughs> and, um, well, not obs, actually. Um, and we're going to do, um, so we've just... <laughs> It's going to be great, you guys. Honestly, don't worry about it. It's going to be so good. <laughs> don't worry. Um, we've just come up from um, Kent, where we've been writing here up on the train, and we're going to do a song that we started yesterday and finished this morning, and Lucy's going to tell you about it. Yes. Ah! Um, okay, uh, two things. Um, firstly, uh, so in the show, it'll be kind of like, we imagine it as like poppy waltz. So think like Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, like dance sequences happening, but with like, iPhone torches as like firefly vibes to bring it into the modern day, you know. Um, and then the second thing to say, so oh yeah, so there's a dance break in it, so that's kind of what that's going to be for. Um, and then the second thing is, so the show is kind of too embarrassing to actually tell you about it right now, but it's um, basically based on two friends who are tragically, chronically single and alone. Obviously, not, not autobiographical at all. Um, and this is um, the number where um, one of them is trying to tell the other about um, how, they, how they have this ex who they feel like, um, even though they haven't spoken in years, they still can't get over again. Can't stress enough that it's not autobiographical. Okay, okay, over to you, Toby. Thank you.
I know it sounds insane I know when I add it all up Can't begin to explain I know it doesn't make sense Trust me, I know that on paper It's all in my head Yeah, I make no pretense about you just you and there's nothing I can do wish it wasn't true all I see is you and no matter what I tell myself lies I try to sell myself cause I know that like middle of the night if you settle right back your bags and run away with me well I wish that I would say no I would abandon it all Drop everything at your call Leave everything, everyone for that scene I've wanted all along Where we walk off into the sunset Watching the end credits run Let everything, everyone fade out like every final song I would abandon it all Just my own I hate myself for this song I'm literally fine Don't know why I've missed you for so long I force myself to forget Replace your full name with an X So it's always crossed out every time that it's said About you, just you, and how in a year or two I might start anew with somebody who should be perfectly enough for me. I could be his love story, but if you arrive middle of the night and you said, "All right, pack your bags and run away with me," wouldn't hesitate. I'd just go. I would abandon it all, drop everything at your call. Everyone for that scene I wanted all along When we walk off into the sunset Watching the end credits run Let's everything, everyone Just my own
staring at my face No, it won't ring But I'm waiting Just in case That was Just In Case by Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss. Toby Marlowe was singing and playing keys. Curtis Vaught was on guitar, Hugh Richardson on bass and Martin Newbury on drums. So that was episode one of The Signal podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Four songs, four world premieres. Peace in the Puzzle by Darren Clark and Reese Jennings. Good Ghost by Stu Barter and Amber Sue. If They Believe It by Luke Bateman and Michael Connolly and Just In Case by Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss. A big thank you to Luke Aziz, who mixes the sound for our live recordings. And thanks so much for tuning in and for supporting new musical theatre. If you want to find out what we're up to, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at ALP Musicals or at adamlensonproductions.com. Another huge thank you to our musicians on this episode, Tamara Saringer, Noam Galperin, Curtis Volpe, Dave Rice, Dan Giles, Hugh Richardson, Nathan Gregory, Alessandro Lombardo, and Martin Richardson, and our singers and performers, Rebecca Traherne, Charlotte Forster, Rebecca Bailey, Wallace Hamilton Felton, Michael Connolly, and Toby Marlowe. Special thanks go to Grace Taylor, Ellie Coote, Matt Powell, Rakaia Caesar, Vin Goodwin, Natalia Scorer, and everyone at H Club London. Our theme tune is by Stu Barter, and you can find information about all of the songwriters featured in today's show in our show notes. See you in January. Wishing you very happy holidays and a lovely 2020.